Beyond. 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 There you go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 184. I'm your host, Greg Miller, alongside, he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. Beyond. And the Raging Canadian, Charles Onyet. Hello. How are you, Charles? Uh, I'm doing all right. Charles, it's rare to have you on the Beyond. I, I think I've been on Beyond once okay. before, okay. if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's it's true. I'm not on this podcast very often. We're happy to have you. Well, you're so busy with Control-Alt-Tab. Well, like that yes, podcast that, is just, uh, you're up to 100, 180 episodes now? 1,000, oh actually. We've put, out, we've put out about three to four episodes per day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get enough of that Nick Cullen, so I'm glad. I like I like hearing his sultry tones. Charles, we brought you here for a very important reason. You're a busy man. You got all the PCs to manage, the Minecrafts. I hear you're, you're mining out there. You're getting some fire bricks. You're having yeah. a great time over there. <laughs> That's very uh, accurate. <laughs> you reviewed a little game called Portal 2. I did. Tell me all about it. Uh, Portal is, I mean, I, 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 I think I assume at this point most people have played, or at least who are listening to this podcast, have played Portal. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was part of the orange box um, and uh, was basically just a you know two to three hour game, essentially. I think it took me about three hours, actually, because I know a bunch Maybe. of people, when that game came out, were complaining. It's like, oh, this game's only like an hour and a half long. I'm like, who's rolling through that in an hour? Yeah, and right. Half? Like, the puzzles, I stared at them for so long. Like, yeah, they the were, they were tough to puzzles. Do? I mean, it was a short game, but like within that short game, like once you got beyond the initial, like, very easy tutorial chambers, um, like, it became pretty challenging. But, I mean, it was short. It was more of like a prototype type thing. Um, but it was so popular just because it was really funny. Um, and GLaDOS, the. Uh, the robotic villain who sort of runs the the aperture science facility, uh, which is the place where the whole game takes place, uh, was like one of the best villains ever. I yeah, thought. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, so yeah, Valve just as as they tend to do, decided to do uh, a full on sequel, and of course they're apparently never making another Half Life game. <laughs> That's for, it's for taking good, so long for good reason. They found franchises people connect with, Charles, okay. and they want to keep making those games. Left for Dead, Portal. People, I like I like Left 4 Dead as well, but I mean, I think you know it'd be nice to see Gordon Freeman come back. After. Are you, are you going to eat your hat if at E3 they just announced Left 4 Dead 3? And then Left 4 Dead 3? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh god, no, I I do not think I think Left 4 Dead is they're not going to touch that for a while. I think okay. that's sort of on the. I mean, their next game is actually Dota 2, um, oh, which right. is supposed to allegedly coming out at the end of this year. I mean, it's Valve; they delay everything. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, that's sort of their next like announced project. After that, I think would be a realistic period for for Half Life Three, which I think it's going to be. I don't I, I don't think Episode Three is really going to happen at this point, just because it's been it's been you know three years since Episode Two ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, and, and you've heard nothing, and like we've heard absolutely nothing about the next episode. So it's like you know they have to be building new technology. They have to be making you know official half-life 3 and it'll just it'll just hook right into the end of episode 2 yeah i think um, so too i think it'll be 2012 2013 at the latest probably i'm sure yeah. they're working on it yeah no and i i bet i mean there's still like portal 2 is still a source game that game is built on the source engine which you know was came out well was was used in in half-life 2 so it's about time for for an upgrade but in the meantime <laughs> portal 2 um i mean it's one of the best games valve's ever made I think it's, it's set the just, stage for me. You were talking about, you know, Portal One, a two-hour game, three-hour game. This is a full-fledged game, right? Like I'm getting my sixty bucks worth. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I I think so because it's it's like the this to talk, you know, dollars versus gameplay hours, which I know, you know, it's very important to a lot of people because games are really expensive these days, and it's like nobody just wants to drop sixty bucks on something that, you know, they're not going to be able to play for very long. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, the single player campaign alone uh, took me six and a half hours, roughly. And I got stuck in a few places. So if, if you know all the puzzle solutions and you just, you know, rocket through the entire game, um, you could probably beat it faster than that. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to do that. But no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of story. And there's a lot of story that isn't, like, it's not really forced upon you. It's the type of story where characters will just talk. Uh, like, Lattus will talk. There's a character uh, named Wheatley who's introduced in this game who is amazing and voiced by uh, Stephen Merchant. Um, Ricky Gervais fame, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, um, awesome guy. And, he, like, the his his contribution for the voice acting, it just, like, makes... I mean, it doesn't make the game. The game's great, but it... it <laughs> It it does so much to make it a better experience. Like he just he's so spot on with all of the inflections on all of the jokes he makes, and and totally gets into character and, and makes it a much more uh, enjoyable experience. Um, but I mean, if you're just rushing through the game, you're missing out on all the lines of dialogue that are in there. And it's the kind of thing where like you can just move forward, and you know characters will say new things depending on you know what's going on at the time, or you can just stand still, and then characters will start talking to you. They'll start giving you new lines of dialogue and stuff like that, just in random situations if you're not just, you know, following the linear path forward. I enjoyed, when I got a demo of it at PAX East, they showed the very beginning, which I won't ruin for people, but Stephen Merchant's character shows up and asks you to do some relative easy exercises, and if you don't do it, his stuff is great, like of him trying to coax you into just doing the very, very simple task that he's asking you to do. Yeah, I mean, there, there was one case where Wheatley was uh, working on a, a computer or something, and I didn't, I thought I was just, he was saying so much stuff that I didn't realize I was supposed to be doing something else. Like that was like filler text while I was supposed to be completing another action. So I was yeah. just sitting there like watching him do this <laughs> and listening to all the lines of dialogue until eventually I was like, hmm, this has been going on for about six minutes. <laughs> I think I'm probably supposed to be somewhere else right now. Um, but uh, I mean, so the, the story is really fun to listen to. I mean, I, I hope people don't just, you know, blaze blaze through that to just get to the end for some weird reason like it's a really entertaining ride um i don't think it's spoilers at all who do you play as in this game he plays chow again okay okay yeah she's she's back i mean she's the traditional valve silent first person protagonist okay um so Did they just, explain in the in the course of the story how she got caught again because i mean she got out at the end of portal spoilers of course uh so <laughs> there there's a comic that sort of talks about that also, the, the PC version of the original Portal was updated with a little bit of an ending. Oh, cool. Where, so at the end of Portal, like, I guess spoilers, whatever, you can, <laughs> you can see it if you play the game for three hours. It doesn't really take very long to, to see the ending. But uh, Chell winds up on, like, a, a, a pavement, a blacktop, like, outside of the facility. And then at the end of the game, you can just see her sort of being slowly dragged backwards. And it's supposed to be, like, a aperture science party associate is 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 bringing her back into the facility so she got out temporarily but then she's she's Caught brought back into to storage for further testing because glados really likes to test quite a bit um but so i mean what what i like so much about the game is that it, it almost feels like a first person shooter because it's it's you know a first person perspective you do have a gun um, but of course, it only shoots portals. Yeah. So it does not shoot bullets. So the the goal is not to to kill. But there's still like, uh, you know, you have to be accurate. You have to in a lot of like puzzle situations, like be quick. So you have to aim properly and and be precise. Um, but you also have to think throughout the entire game. You can't just like go through the motions and be like, oh, you know, whatever. I came into a new area. I'll just do the same thing I did in the other area, and I'll be fine. I'll get through, and then I'll hear more story. Um, 
you know, it's you go into each area and you're like, all right, well, I have to explore. I have to think about how this entire space is, you know, set up and figure out what I'm supposed to do to, to you know, actually be able to get through. Like, I don't, should I explain like the mechanics of Portal or? I would think most people have it by now, right? You have a yeah. gun that shoots out two portals, different colors, and then you got to use them to jump to different areas, right? Solve puzzles where you're dropping things into one portal that'll shoot them out over there. And you're, and then they, they had a whole bunch of weird gels this time, didn't they? Yeah. So I'm scared I, about that, Charles. That sounds like <laughs> it's going to break my brain. <laughs> well, there, so in, in making the game longer, like it's not just the same kind of mechanics as, uh, the original portal, they put a lot more stuff in there, like the gels. So there's like bouncy gel that will basically drop out of pipes, and you can use portals to uh, put holes in the environment and redirect the gel that's falling from the pipe to other parts, and it will actually coat walls. Mm -hmm. So you can coat like floors, walls, um, and the advantage is if you jump on, say, the bouncy gel, uh, then you will jump higher coming off of it so you can reach higher ledges. If you coat a, two adjacent walls with it, um, you can actually bounce between them to sort of move forward slowly over pits. So you're just like bouncing back and forth horizontally to, to clear a, um, a, ca uh, a cavern or something like that. How um, does co-op work this time? Um, they, well, they added this, and it's not, it's not gel, kachel. Coachella, not Jalen Magellan. <laughs> no, and and I would so yeah. There's the single player mode, and then the co-op mode is totally separate, um, and actually continues the story from the end of uh, the single player. So I would absolutely okay. not recommend anyone play that first. Definitely, I would go through the story first. I mean, there's not like major spoilers, but it, it just makes a lot more sense. It, it's not going to make any sense if you just start up with the, the co-op in terms of like what's going on. But you do play as different characters. You play as two uh, two robots, basically, that GLaDOS is, is testing with. And there is more of a story there. Like, it has a beginning, and there's a goal as you move through. But it's, it, it's a little bit more focused on the puzzle challenges. Um, and actually works sort of like, it has almost a Super Mario Brothers like type of setup where there's kind of a hub world that you access each uh, portal chamber set from. So I think there's like five worlds or something like that that you go into and then you go through like a sequence of puzzle challenges that you have to complete with, with your partner. And the degree of difficulty there is definitely higher than the single player just because, I mean, there's two players running around, each has a portal gun, and so you have to deal with like four portals in each puzzle set. Um, and I mean, it, it's still separated so that your portal gun doesn't bridge with the other person. So they can't set a portal and you can't set a portal and have them actually connect with one gotcha. another. Both, both of the portal connections are separate for the players. Um, but I mean, you absolutely have to work together to solve every single puzzle. It's not just like both people can just sit in um the rooms and let somebody else do the work and, and run around and be like okay well you figure this one out i'm gonna go you know make a sandwich or something you you have to be an active participant in every single puzzle which i think is really cool and that's i mean it it it, it sort of folds into why like left for dead is such a good cooperative experience because it doesn't just take the cooperative thing as for for granted basically it, yeah. it builds around that interesting um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's a lot of fun to play, and it's really satisfying to, like, all of the puzzles, there's so much opportunity for Valve to uh, create challenges that are totally impossible, that you could just be like, I have no idea what I'm actually supposed to do here. Yeah. 
And you See, know. that terrifies me. I, I can't wait. Like, I'm picking up Portal tonight, and we have a three-day weekend. It's my plan to beat it and play through it and have a great time with it. But, like, I know I'm going to get to those moments. Like, I remember those moments in Portal 1 where it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Why? You know what I mean? Like, you're shooting things. You're just jumping through walls, hoping, trying to keep your momentum going. I was like, ah. So now it's like they have the gel in there. They have this uh, co-op mode where I got to worry about what my partner's doing. It sounds too much, Charles. Uh, it's. I, I don't think it actually is too okay. much. I mean, it's it's still a challenge, but um, it's 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 a challenge well within reason, and it's the type of challenge where if you complete a puzzle, you feel smart, which is nice. I, I you, like feeling smart because I know I'm not, Colin. There you are. Oh shush. There you are. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the type of thing that you play and you you come out of a, a puzzle and you're like, I can't believe I just cleared that whole thing. I and you get like this overwhelming sensation of, um, you know, uh sort of mental satisfaction that yeah. you that you might if if you raised your hand in a classroom and were like, "Ooh, I know the answer to this teacher." And then <laughs> to some like random math problem. Um mm. it's it's the same kind of thing. And I think I, I think that's really cool. That's not something that a lot of games can actually offer you. Most of them it's like, you know, the end has some twist or something. It's like that's the payoff. Yeah. Or, you know, I killed 5 million dudes in <laughs> in some random battlefield that, you know, looks the same as 17 other games. Um, you know, this in in this case, it's it's a totally unique kind of experience, which I think is isn't does not is not delivered enough in 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 high profile games like like uh, Portal Two. Colin, yes, are you gonna play co op with me? No. What is your problem? I saw your tweet about this. That oh, Mortal Kombat and Portal come out. Two games I don't care about. I'm gonna go play Mega Man. <laughs> I didn't say that. I was no, you say said something along those lines. Uh, no, I don't care about either of those. Why games. do you care about Portal? I can't believe you don't care about Portal. Um, I think Portal's a great game. Okay, okay. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really cool. Um, it's just not for me. Like I, the the first Portal really uh, broke my brain as we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really want to go through, like jump jump through hoops to have to beat this game again. I've been thinking about honestly looking at the trophies and then just using a video walkthrough if the trophies are really good. And I'll just get there's a whole bunch of those up on IGN.com. You know. Oh, good. There's a big guide. Sam Claiborne. Oh, put already. Up, Sam Claiborne. Yeah, Sam Claiborne went and put up uh, videos yesterday to get all the secret achievements, how to find all the secret stuff. If you're looking for nice, if you're looking to spoil Portal Two, IGN has yeah. you covered. Well, that's certainly what I'm looking to do because uh, I don't have my fingers on the guides pulse anymore. I know. Um, yeah, you're busy. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's like we've talked about it before. Like it, it's just I'm not great at puzzle games. It's like when Super Stacking came out on on uh, PSN. On PSN, like my girlfriend was great at it, and I was like really bad at it. You know, it's just like it's just those are kind of, those kinds of games just aren't for me. And I remember the first Portal. I played it for 15 minutes, and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, you know, after that, so it's you know, I'm just not good. at I'm really really excited for me. Like you know, like there's certain games you know I feel like are like a good book and like I'm really excited to sit down and see what's going on with GLaDOS and meet Steven Merchant's character and play through that and see all the weird stuff and like I can't and I'm at, and I'm at the forefront this time Charles last time I was behind the curve I had to go to Damon's house like in like he was talking about the song and everything so everything was ruined for me <laughs> but now I'm, I'm gonna be there First weekend, yeah. I'll be there. I'll know what's going well, on. Well, and I think one thing that's neat, too, is that Valve doesn't just repeat jokes from the first game. Because a lot of the jokes sort of went viral after Portal came out. Right. Like, the cake, the cake is a lie joke. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know... This is a triumph assume and the, else Assume the party position and stuff like that um, became, you know, running jokes. And, and yeah, it, it would have been easy things. for Valve just to, to revisit that. But it's it's not. It's It's all new jokes, and it's just as surprising as the first game, and there's, like, all new developments like that, so... It's it's absolutely worth playing, and Colin, I'm sorry you're you're not excited for it. But no, it, I, I'm excited for people that are. Ex- I know I know a good game when I see one. I know that this is one of the good games. You know, I I know it's great. It's just like one of those things every so often that comes out where I'm like, I'm not gonna play it. 
You know, because it's just that's understandable. You know, it's the same way when I'm like, I don't want a fantasy game or whatever. Like everybody's got their own thing. As long as you're, I I took it. We'll get to the Mortal Kombat talk in a while. But I took it as yeah, Mortal just, Kombat. I don't care. About exactly. Por- Portal dumb. Two and Mortal Kombat <laughs> could not be more different in, in terms of what the the type of satisfaction you're getting out yeah, of that. Yeah. Right. Experience. Right. 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 Yeah. Charles, you're a busy man. Like I said, you have fire bricks to harvest. I believe. <laughs> Uh, uh, we have three questions, though, about Portal 2 before okay. we go. Matt from Las Vegas writes in. He says, I've been hearing great things about Portal 2 and I'm going to buy it. It's I'm weird about playing sequels without having played the original, but I've heard such horrible things about the Orange Box that I never actually played the original Portal. Phrases like virtually unplayable for the Orange Box drove me away from getting it. Is it really that bad of a port? Will not having played Portal ruin Portal 2 for me? No, I don't think so. Um, although you do miss out on... GLaDOS recognizes you in the game, so she will talk about what happened in Portal uh-huh. while you're playing Portal 2, which, I mean, it will still, you'll you'll get the context while you're playing Portal 2, it'll make sense, but you miss out on, on sort of that extra layer of meaning if you haven't played the first game. It really doesn't take very long to play the first game, I would... And isn't the, you can get the Orange Box super cheap now, right, for, on PS3? Yeah, but I think what he's saying is the PS3 version is so bad but of the Orange Box that... No, and was it that bad? People really didn't like it. Yeah, people know? really don't like a lot of things on the internet, though. I think it was just that it ran worse than 360, and so that was like pitchforks and torches. Yeah, I mean, that might and be... not the... to mention, this is back in the day when every port ran terrible. That's it. true. But the, this, the option for him might be, I mean, if he has a 360 or better, he had a PC. Is that he, he said in just... the beginning he didn't. He that didn't have... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, I don't... Uh... I don't know what his solution would be. I wouldn't recommend a, buying a bad port, though. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with it. Like, Portal's not that long, and by now you've heard, I would think, most of the jokes as far as, like, you know, the cake is a lie and stuff like that. I, I, I would say just jump in. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, you really only need one basic piece of information going into Portal 2. Give it uh, up, give it. What is it? It's that you you kill, or you basically oh, yeah, yeah. kill GLaDOS at the end of Portal. Yeah, which you knew if you listened to the song, right? You toss my yes. You toss my pieces into the fire. As it burned it. Yeah, up. that song. So uh, as as long as you know that, you don't really need to play the first game to get the context of what's going on in the second. And and again, you will understand that if you play the second very early on in the game. It's not you know some something that's held to the end. It, it happens very very quickly. Okay. Brad writes in and says, "Is the free PC version of Portal 2 that comes with the PS3 version of Portal 2 a pre-order bonus, or can I buy it a week or two later and still get the PC version?" Charles, explain what the hell's going on. You got Steam on the PS3 now. Well, so I don't actually know the answer to that specific question, but okay. I mean, as far as I understand, if you buy the um, the PS3 version of the game, you will get a PC code. That's what to, I understand. To download well. on Steam. Yeah. Because so, and this isn't on 360, but. And I don't understand. Exclusive. I don't understand why Sony let Valve put Steam on PS3. It seems really invasive. And to get them to put games on PS3 is probably the deal. Yeah, right. yeah. And it's like it's, so. Steam, in, in case you don't know, is Valve's download service on PC. Um, which, it's exclusively your PC and Macs. You can't get it on 360, and up until now, you couldn't do it on PS3. Yeah, and and so for Portal 2, v- Valve has sort of a, a pared down version of Steam. Uh, in the game, so when you load it up, you you can see Steam achievements. Uh, you have a Steam newsfeed. Um, I can, and, can I see my Steam friends? And yeah, you can see your okay. Steam friends list, which is in addition to your your PlayStation friends. So those are like almost two step two, separate lists yeah, yeah. within within the game itself. And there's a little Steam interface when you go in there. Um, so you you do get uh, Steam functionality, and Valve has has done the Steam code thing to promote its its digital platform. I mean, it is in a way. In in a way, which, which is, is great, I think, for the users. I just I just think it's a weird move for Sony to yeah. to actually allow access to that because you know what if somewhere down the line Valve strong arm and I, I mean 
I'm not saying this will ever happen, but, you know, what if they start allowing game downloads on PS3 somehow? Like, that would be so... I would imagine Dumb. they've talked about that, right? And you figure, but you figure right now it's win-win for both of them, right? Because you know, as we've said many times on IGN, PC gaming is dead, Charles. Well, that's and true. It's never coming back. No, but, it's not. But you figure you're reaching out to an audience that maybe only has a PS3, never heard of Steam, right? Like you have to explain Steam to people who don't understand it, and so you're reaching out to them, and then you're giving PS3 users another reason to buy it over 360. Like, uh, isn't that the big thing? Like, right? How how can first off, as you know, the orange box was a terrible port. As we we were deemed on this show, so and like Val for a long time stayed away. We didn't get either Left for Dead, you know what I mean? Like we didn't get any of that. Like Val, you know, Gabe Newell talked a lot of shit about the PS3 for That's a long true. time. That's true. I remember those comments. So now it's kind of I would think a way of just being like, how can we come together and work this out and make it better? You know what I mean? I would hope. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really cool feature, um, and I, I I can understand why Microsoft didn't uh, didn't allow that on. Because they're monsters. Well, and and Gabe, Gabe Newell is is ex ex Microsoft, and I'm sure there still aren't. <laughs> the fact that Valve was able to completely destroy Microsoft in terms of the whole digital download area, like games for Windows Live or the marketplace that Microsoft has, is just getting annihilated by Steam, <laughs> which is basically you know basically is the the distribution source for PC titles, unless you count the. Uh, the Blizzard Store, which has direct a lot of direct to drive, or or yes, direct to drive, direct but... to drive, and IGN are owned by the same corporate monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but I mean, I think Steam has the the lion's share of the market. Obviously, there. yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that's probably why Microsoft didn't didn't want any integration there. But I mean, it's it's a cool bonus for users. Basically, you know, for for people who are actually playing the game, I think it's you know it's it's a nice bonus. Cool, for sure. Charles, final question before you're off the hook here. In this one, and I hate to sandbag you. Like, I hate sandbagging people when I bring no, on the show. Please sandbag Eric, away. Eric, he wrote in and resigned it respectfully beyond. Okay. But he's being respectful in the fact that you missed a, kind of an important part in your review here. Okay. This is, so you might want to go back and amend it. All right. Eric <laughs> writes in and says, I just picked up Portal 2 and I immediately noticed something very important missing from the Raging Canadians review that Mr. Moriarty will be delighted to know. Of course, by that I mean the, ma- the manual spells fantastic. The manual smells fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I am happy to know that I got a few tweets about that, which I'm really can glad. You, to... Can you go back and amend your presentation score, Charles? <laughs> I think I think we maybe missed something there. Maybe it could get. What'd you give the sc- What'd you give the game overall? Uh, it got a 9.5 overall. I think you should probably bump it up to a 10 on PS3. <laughs> okay, the manual is so good. I, you know, full disclosure. I did not sniff the manual. Oh, you can't trust this, you I money did, hat. <laughs> I, did not, I did not sniff the manual before posting that. Review. You got a reduce, reuse, recycle money hat, and you didn't want to smell the paper manual. I see how it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so in the recycle camp. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. Charles, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you have other stuff to do. Okay, well, thank you for having me on. No problem. Thanks, uh, make a make a constant noise for like two seconds while I figure out which mic you are, so I can turn you down. So go like, eh. Hold on. Louder than that. Be louder. Uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. And that's that's how Charles will be remembered forever on Podcast Beyond. <laughs> Charles, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Colin. Yeah. Then there were two. Uh, we didn't talk about this. Ryan Clements, uh, the Raccoon City's finest. Ryan Clements <laughs> not with us. He's got it. He's also working. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Thursday, as the day we always record Beyond, the day we always post Beyond. Never gonna miss it, probably. And uh, we have a half day. And the day off on Friday, so mm-hmm. it's a three-day weekend here for uh, you know for because Friday tomorrow is good. Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. Or it's a lot. <laughs> you know, it's the day Jesus was buried. Killed okay, buried. well, yeah, I, but that's of course not why. You know, we are an inclusive company. That's not why we're giving people the day off. I've been told. You know, it's just a coincidence. Oh, it's a coincidence. It's, it's the spring holiday. I believe <laughs> it's just your day off to go celebrate whatever you want to celebrate. Okay, fair enough. 
Um, so yeah, so Clements is trying to get out a bunch of reviews for you fine folks. So he's not here to join us. Don't worry, he'll be back one day. But uh, until then, we'll have to remember him with the Roper Report. Time for some news. Uh, since it's just you and me, mm-hmm. I want. I think we should pass back the Roper Report. Okay. So I'll do one, you do one. Okay. Ooh, we can, you want to pick them or you want to go to the line? Oh, okay. Whatever you want. I'm glad to see you. You have a lot of input on how the show goes. Well, I don't. I mean, you just whatever. don't care. No, I mean, whatever. I don't have a preference. You're like a sick puppy who's just laying on the ground. You don't care what happens okay. around you. Sick puppies don't care about what happens. <laughs> I, don't, I guess they're I not really self-aware, that. are they? I don't know. Uh, number one, and this is of course generated by Colin Moriarty. Yeah, there's nothing to Heart and Soul and Beyond. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, the PlayStation Network is currently going through a severe prolonged outage period. Sony is aware of the problem, doesn't... I'm sorry. Sony is aware of the problem, doesn't yet publicly know what is causing it, and doesn't know when it will be able to fix it. They suspect the problem will be alleviated, quote, in the next day or two. Ouch! <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Colin, yeah. Uh, how does this impact your time off? Uh, well, I mean, I won't be able to sync trophies. Plus, I wanted to download a couple games, so that kind of sucks. What do you want to download? Uh... Fancy Pants. Fancy Pants came out this week on the PSN. Um, Ten bucks. Have you played it at all? Uh, no. I played uh, it with Stimer. She's reviewing it. I did some co-op with her. Didn't dig the co-op. I didn't like how the camera pulls away and stuff, and you can die when you can't. But overall, I'm very excited to play the game. Like, I want to play it single player. I want to have some fun. It seemed like cool. Collecting squiggles. It's got a lot of cool, uh, uh, what do they call it, physics. Oh, right, like gravities. The, the gravities were in there. Oh, the gravities? Yeah, I, I liked when I got the pencil to fight things. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that game looks cool. I mean, I, I just want to su- support it. I think it's a ni- it seems like a nice idea. Yeah. And then I downloaded it here, but I want to download it at home. Utopia came out. Okay. It's a uh, turbo graphics game. That's uh, five ninety nine on the PSN. Yeah. Uh, what about the Red Johnson Chronicles? Uh, that comes out on. Does that come out? Oh, that came PSN, out already. You can buy it on PSN. Yeah, PlayStation gonna, Plus members can get it. I don't know. It. It's dude. exclusive right now. I mean, I downloaded. I haven't pl- tried it yet. Yeah, I guess I will try it out. It, it looks like it's an adventure game, right? Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of things to play. Plus, I won't be able to sync my trophies and stuff. I, I haven't know. really been playing a lot of PS3 because the NHL playoffs are going. So yeah. I'm just watching. Well, if you remember, happen. Colin, yeah. you started making moves on my place. My New Year's resolution: stay ahead of you. I did it last year. Stay ahead of you in trophies. Yeah. Uh, this year, you've been making some moves, and I've been playing a lot of PSP. Finally got my Pat Upon review off my back. 9.0, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Pick of the week last week. I'm not sure what they picked. They should have picked that. And uh, great game. And now I'm back to playing PS3 this weekend. And uh, I was playing yesterday. I stopped. I put Mortal Kombat in. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. And uh, I I got done with Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, ah, I don't want to start a new game. Oh, I brought home a game that Colin doesn't even know about. Uh, Did you know we had Mayhem in the office? Oh, Mayhem 3D or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No. I, I brought that thing home, and I, I checked uh, PS3trophies.org. Good trophy site. Yeah. Not not even a trophy guide. This game is not yeah, even yeah. But it had like five ratings that were all very easy. I'm like, oh, I put in... The game wasn't even that bad, but it was just like, I, no, can't, I can't do this. I can't... I, I, I don't have it in me right now to grind. It's not bad. Actually, I saw that game. That game was previewed for me, and I never wrote a preview of it because I didn't figure... They showed me two games. Uh-huh. Uh, and Mayhem just didn't seem like it was really that interesting. It was a budget yeah. title. We're not even like, reviewing it for IGN.com, yeah. everybody. So, like, so. whatever. The game they showed me that was really cool, same same people that are doing it, I think, is uh, a game called Storm, which is a PlayStation Network game. Okay. That's going to come out soon. There's a preview of it on the site if okay. you want to check it out. Um, that game looks really cool. But, yeah, I, I looked at Mayhem's trophies when I saw it came out, and it looks okay, but I, I'm not going to play it, that game. I still yeah. have the Tomb Raider collection to get through, and which is, you know, cool. And, and I, My weekend plan. Okay. Por- Portal 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this fancy pants maybe some of the, I want to try this Red Johnson Chronicle see I'm thinking these games are short right Shuttle said Portal 2 6-ish hours yeah. I, I can, I can, tomorrow if I play tonight I, I should be able to crank through that and then the little stuff for the downloads to try then I actually brought home Dragon Age 2 okay. I, I, I had seen a few weeks ago the Game of Thrones trailer 
I said, that kind of looks cool. Got me in the mood for a fantasy avenger. You know, I don't like this medieval crap. I don't yeah. like medieval times. Yeah. All garbage. No, you're not then I watched Game of Thrones episode one. Got me in the mood. I'm like, I'm ready for some Dragon Age. I'll try this out. Cool. Yeah, I need to play Dragon Age for, for still, too. Dragon Age 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, my mind keeps going back to Two Worlds 2. Like, I want to play it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Like, that was I, a de- it was a decisive game. A lot of... Divisive game. Divisive sorry. game, yeah. Decisive. It, it, it was, a, it was a, decidedly decisive. a game, I heard <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Someone just... Dis- <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just for some reason I want to play that game. Uh, and I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna bring Crisis 2 home this weekend and probably just crank through the single okay. player campaign and then just kind of put it back. But uh, I don't really know. Like, hockey's kind of taking a lot of my time right now. That's there's good. So many you should games have some, on. Yeah. And well, you're not gonna have much time. Come, I mean, you're gonna have plenty of time. Come what would have been the NFL season, so you're fine. Well, God, I don't know. They're mediating, so yeah, whatever. Talk to me on what's uh, what's up next here on the on the Roper Report. Okay. Do, 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 do. Uh, as Colin predicted not too long ago on Podcast Beyond, is it weird writing about yourself <sighs> and then yeah. reading about yourself? Well, because okay. I assumed that you would be reading. Yeah, well, you know. the Last Guardian and Team Eco Collection have both been delayed. <gasps> Originally, Team Eco Collection was to be made available this spring, while The Last Guardian was to launch this holiday season. No new dates have been given for either title, though you can expect that at least The Last Guardian has been pushed to 2012. Um, Uedas had this to say about the game, who's the designer. I sincerely apologize to all the customers who have been waiting for The Last Guardian for so long, but I beg you for your patience. I will also announce the new release timing at a later date. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say anything about, you know, girls not being allowed to play the game? No, I think he's changing changing the, the whole... That'd be great, just on that one Clements he article, like he goes Ryan back Clements. and uh, I still get talked to you about that. And speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, conversational podcast, while I'm thinking of it, big round of applause to every IGN slash Podcast Beyond slash GameScoop fan who came to the live, uh, we're alive. Oh yeah, how did that, so how did that It go? was awesome. Yep. And uh, I, you know, I didn't, we, first off, it's 200 people in this back room of uh, Meltdown Comics. It was super, super hot. And it, like, there was all, I saw Beyond shirts in the crowd. I asked people how many people were there because of like, you know, hearing about it on us. A lot of people raised their hand, like I would say 50% of the room. And then afterwards, all the actors came up to me and were like, I, we never realized like, cause there's actors, right? They don't know everything. Right. They're like, we never realized how many of our fans are because of you. And they thanked me personally. So I thought that was huge. Cool. If you're not aware, uh, zombiepodcast.com, we're alive. It's a, a zombie radio show pretty much that you download for free. Goes on like a zombie movie. And, uh, right I've been on it and I host some stuff and we did a live event and it was great. Cool. I'm glad that that uh, w- went well. I, I totally forgot. Good to kids. Ask Everybody asked where you were, Colin. Thanks for coming. Thanks for showing your support. I'm, I'm in San Francisco. What am I? <laughs> freaking the Monopoly man. I'm able to just fly wherever I want. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wish you were the Monopoly man. <laughs> All right. Number three. Jeez, yeah. this is a long one. Oh, but it's good stuff. Number three. A plethora of details have been revealed about the multi- multiplayer in Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception. First off, there will be split screen. And better yet, each gamer can sign into their own PSN accounts while playing split screen, which hopefully which hopefully results in a myriad trophy earning for both players. <laughs> I crippled that sentence no, early okay. on, and then I tried to correct it as I went. No, that's all right. Additionally... A new three-way team deathmatch mode has been announced. Gamers will be able to customize their characters in multiplayer, and boosters have uh, made their return in Uncharted from Uncharted 2. Metal kickbacks have also been introduced. The multiplayer beta for Uncharted 3 will begin on June 28th for those who are uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers or who got a voucher in their copy of Infamous 2. Everyone else gets it on July 5th. <gasps> What'd you think of that? I'm really excited. Dude, played it. It's awesome. Like here's and this is what I told him too when we were uh, when I was uh, when everybody at Naughty Dog was asking me about it. First off, it's weird that they all know about uh, know know me by name now. Like even like you know like I, like I, like the big guys, Christoph, Evan. Mm-hmm. I expect them to know me. Uh, but then like there's just like testers and designers who are like, hey Greg, I'm like, hey, what's up? That's cool. Oh, and <laughs> this was great. They this must have just stuck in the craw of every other journalist there. They uh, 
are given their presentation, right, where they're like, all right, yeah, you know, sit down, we'll tell you about, you know, multiplayer, you know, Uncharted 3 multiplayer. And they're like, right. well, let's start, you know, we introduced it in Uncharted 2, and it won a bunch of awards. And they hit the, like, the clicker on their PowerPoint, and the IGN Best of E3 logo comes up. Like, at, you know, at E3, we were announced as the best, you know, PS3 multiplayer. on, And we won some other awards, too. Hits the clicker, the IGN Best <laughs> Game of the Year logo comes up. <laughs> like, we also won IGN's uh, Game of the Year for PS3 multiplayer. And then it, it, we also won some other awards. Click next slide. <laughs> not one other outlet was promoted it was like oh my god this that's is awesome. great that's but awesome. that aside mm. I was telling everybody there about how you know like it, Uncharted 2 came out played the co-op really dug it didn't get hooked on multiplayer blah blah, blah. but then you and I did Extra Life mm-hmm. and we played for three hours with our friends and right. that was that's what made the difference yeah right? it was a lot of fun Squid Crumbum we're yeah. all sitting there playing <laughs> having a blast playing and, together and uh, Long Dong Silver Long Dong Silver who sent oh man remember when he sent in the photos of his girlfriend yeah, and we were looking at those I had him back out of the game just to go to cross exactly. media to get and, then, and Ostertag during it showed full screen <laughs> the photos and then had the game playing in the corner we have such great fans God I love you guys remember if you want to be part of the show beyond at IGN.com uh so anyways, I was telling them how that hooked me and how this, I think, is like such a great progression of that and why I think I'm going to play the balls off this thing, especially because the split screen. I was playing split screen, three-team deathmatch, and three-team deathmatch, it's teams of two. So it's perfect for split screen. Like you and me are going to, like when they, any they do the media review events, I want you in the capture bay with me. And then on top of that, I want you to come over when the game's out. And I, want, I think we should yeah. play that. We should do like another live streaming thing where it's you and me playing with kids again. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because yeah. like, th- being able to call things out and say, oh my God, look over here, I'm swamped. That's what you know made the difference. Because otherwise, it's just running around and you're like, you've been killed, but I have no idea where you are or whatever. But Yeah, it's a cool, it's a really nice idea. I was actually pleasantly surprised by that. So. Boosters are, le- the boosters level up, the kickbacks are really cool because you're earning medals in the game, you know, for headshots and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And when you earn a certain amount of them, you get these like one-time mega use powers where you can like transport out when you're in danger and you can, mo- you can mod your weapons, mod your characters, you, you do the whole clan thing. There's this new Uncharted TV thing, which I think is brilliant, where it's showing the, the best kills and whatever Naughty Dog wants to put up there. And it's like, you're waiting in the lobby. And so if you're already set and you're doing it, you can full screen that and watch that and hear what's going on it's cool awesome. that's really cool yeah. I, i'm excited about that game I mean, i'm really, really excited about the single player portion of the game totally obviously yeah yeah but uh multiplayer would be cool too agreed yeah. agreed uh i don't know if this is true because i kind of overheard what you and jim were talking about yeah the go yeah read what you got in all amended okay go. uh the as psb go. the psb the psb go is no more not 100 percent true okay a report from a japanese website said that sony has formally announced the end of the psb go's production in Japan, the PSP is no longer being produced. The, the, the thread or the story or the email Jim Riley's working on right now would probably be old news by the time this gets up, is that the PSP Go is still being produced for North America. Okay. But it's no longer being produced for Japan. Okay. Produced for Japan. So that's it. Yeah, I was going to say any PSP Go units sold from here on out will be ones that have already been produced, but I guess that's not true. We'll I mean, find out one way or the other, though. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting when, you know, it went up and there was, you know, obviously the trolls in the comments and yada, 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 like... It makes sense to me, right? Like the NGP is right on the corner. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, and like, not to mention, with all due respect to everything still coming out on the PSP, what the fuck is still coming out on the PSP? Yeah, I, no, I, I know. City is out, uh, Patapon's out, and now it's like, and Final Fantasy's out, and so now it's just like, okay, um, Valkyria. I don't even think has a North American release date yet. Like yeah. Valkyria Three. I wonder if they'll just push it to NGP and just have it available as a download or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's already out in Japan, right? Oh, is it- yeah, well, they they put the hmm. Japanese demo out. I'm not sure if it's out out, but whatever. I think it'll be. Uh, I I mean I I think all PSPs should stop being produced pretty soon because you want to get people on the NGP train. Yeah, I agree. Um, number five, MotorStorm Apocalypse has a release date. Look for it in North America on May third. Uh, also look for the IGN review just posted today. Yeah, I saw it. Eight point from Martin Robinson over in the UK. Cool, great. I've played it. Uh, I want to play more of it. So that's uh, 
pretty good example of. It. Yeah, just another game that doesn't speak to me. It's it's kind of funny because yeah, but you're like, not a big racer fan. Like no, that, not that at all. Sense. It's it's funny because like even Little Big Planet, like I, I have a copy of Little Big Planet Two. I have a copy of it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's like a lot of the early games, so common stuff. Like a lot of these early Sony games, like first half of the year. Or so like I don't I don't care about it. It really all starts with Infamous. They're they're, they're very well. See that's that's the same thing. There's a lot of pe- what you're talking to, and I think this is one of the interesting things about PS3 gamers in general, right? Is I think the reason people like are I don't know how to say this, not insult Xbox people. So I should just say it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that like uh, PlayStation's been around, and it's got these roots, and it's it's known for putting out interesting games, right, mm-hmm. that are like different from just another bro shooter. And I think when that happens, you get fragmentation of the audience, right? So there are people who are like, I think Little Big Planet is the greatest thing of all time. And other people are like, no, no, SOCOM, Team Base, no, 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 Infamous. Like, you get all these little audiences, right? These little niches, right. niches, whatever you want to call them. Niche is good. Niche is what it's pronounced on, on the when you do the urban the it's, dictionary it's thing. It's definitely niche. I hate when people say niche. It's I know. Like well, I, I, I just like to go back and forth. Or whatever. <laughs> I like to, you know the whim of the day. But anyways, th- I think that's what happens as far as like why Sony. Maybe not every game, not every major franchise sells three million units. Mm-hmm. But like Uncharted is like that game that appeals to everybody, right? right. Everybody loves a great movie. Everybody likes this. Infamous is like, well, oh. I was talking to people last night. I was so angry because they were like, oh, I didn't play Infamous. Yeah, it looked too much like Prototype, and I didn't like. Pro-. I'm like, ah. Oh my god! No man, what's wrong with you? Alex other- Mercer, you have ruined our life. I know. First of all, Prototype is not a good game. Yep. And Infamous is a, is a great game. So. I know. It's like really uh, well. it's one of the best games on the system. Everyone, everyone has to play Infamous. Yeah. I'm not even in. See, this is the interesting thing about Infamous because we've been talking about a lot about it a lot. Now we have the the beta. And yeah. Look it, for so much Infamous coverage next week. Heads yeah, up, everybody. Definitely. And it's like on IGN.com. Go to IGN. It's like. When I was interested in Infamous, it was the open world aspect and the exploration aspect that spoke to me. I don't care about superheroes and supervillains and comic books. Like I don't you're care about that shit. You know, it's like yeah. some people do. I know you're really into it. That yeah, was what, what spoke me. to you about Infamous. Yeah. But like, what I'm saying is like you don't. Infamous can appeal to a lot of different kinds of people. If you like third person action, if you like sandbox games and exploration and collecting shit and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah. Infamous really is, is just a really sound game. And that's coming from someone that doesn't care about the comic book aspect of it. You know? Yeah. Um, so I really like we said it a million times, but like that's really one of the must play. It's that's a it's like uh, up there with Uncharted as far as like a game you must play. I, I think it's I think there I definitely think Infamous is rough around the edges. Like I don't think it's a perfect game, and I think you know uh, that's why I'm so excited for Infamous too because it looks like they've ironed out a lot of like just presentation things and making it more cinematic and making it more like tight experience. Right. But I agree with you 100 that yeah that's a like yesterday Bobby came over to my desk and was t- Bobby uh, Bobby if you did not. Uh, Bobby Amos is the heart and soul of IGN video. He, we, you would not see a video on IGN if it wasn't for him. Because when he's gone, all hell breaks loose. Nobody knows. <laughs> but, but that means Bobby just is anchored at a desk all day working. You don't ever see him. Came to my desk yesterday to talk about some video that came in, and we didn't have any. It was a prototype video, for oh. some stuff that didn't have in it. And I'm like, blah blah. And he's like, he was looking for something to play. And he's like, oh, I never played Infamous. And I think he, he wasn't the one who said it was too much like prototype, but he just wasn't into it. And I'm like, that's bullshit. And I took my copy out of my autograph case and gave it to him. Like, take this home and play it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, spread it's, the word about Infamous. Yeah, definitely, dude. And, and and Infamous Two is obviously very exciting as well. Who would have thunk that, like on the podcast, when it would just be you and me, we would spend like twelve minutes talking about Infamous? No, that's, <laughs> that's a huge surprise. We should talk about Resistance next. Um, I saw that last week. I know it was good. You're coming around. I'm really happy it, about that. I I still stick with the fact that uh, it doesn't look great. I don't like. I don't see like. I don't think it's a graphically impressive game, uh, but I think what they're doing with the mood and the setting is really really cool. Like that is like I talked about my whole thing was about the story about how um Capielli is that how I say his name Capelli Capelli about how you know he doesn't want to go when this guy shows up to say we have to go to New York he's living in Oklahoma he says I want to stay here with my wife and kid the wife has to beg him to go I think that's just 
a really touching, and they didn't show me that moment at all. This is from a sentence where they described it, but just right. knowing like the weight of that decision is awesome. And then to go through and see three single player levels that were all different. You know, there's the, I got to play through the boat one. Which is like was our first glimpse of uh, gameplay when they were right. sh- jumping out. But you're on this boat and it's super foggy. You don't know where you're going, and then you start like drifting down, and things start coming out of the fog, and you realize that you're you're in a city that's flooded. Like you're like you're coming by the tops of buildings, and there's signs, and then the chimeras start pouring over, and you're running around. This is like the one time in the game, or at least from what they showed, I should say, where you have like an ammo box, so you have like unlimited ammo, so you're running back, refilling, blowing all these things away. Then the next one was the sniper mission, which was in the woods. It was super dark and creepy, and you're moving silently and just picking off guys one by one slowly going and then was the one that we saw at gdc was the third one which was at that gas station or whatever. yeah i like love that i love that scene. There, that scene there's so, so much awesome. shit going on yeah and then also another like uh multiplayer gdc really didn't like i was, I was like this is fun okay cool but for some reason multiplayer it, i was playing it on the columbia map and it was really bright it was different than any other games really sunny out uh train cars to run through and hide and stuff i had a blast with that one that one was really really cool i, th- I think uh, i mean we talked about this but it's just funny like that the, the I don't know if Resistance 3 is graphically impressive, but it's graphically improved from Resistance 2. I agree with that. Yeah. And what I like the most about Resistance, the way Resistance 3 moves, like at that gas station or whatever, is like how alive the Chimera are. The Chimera weren't like this in the first two games. Like they, like they were just enemies that like appeared, and they like ha- almost have emotion. Like they appear and like scream and like seem to talk to each other and like are moving around and very yeah. tactical. And uh, like it's cool, like when you see dropships and they drop their enemies and then they come. That's cool, but like you see enemies like running from a fa- like afar and jumping over fences and eventually coming into the fight. Like it's not just like in the background and they kind of get lost in the firefight. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. cool. Like there just seemed to be a lot of attention paid to this game. I'm really excited about people finally coming around to Resistance. I think Resistance Three is going to be a pretty cool game. Um, and I think there's a good opportunity for with Killzone Three being kind of disappointing to a lot of people. I think that this is a great opportunity for people to maybe stop with the kill zone is better than resistance shit constantly and give resistance three. I think I bet there'll be different experiences. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there'll be different experiences. I think, I think, so I think kill zone three is the PlayStation three exclusive answer to a call of duty. And I'm not saying it's on par with that or it's better or any of that crap. I'm just saying that that's the kind of experience that a kill zone's going for. Right? Like this really hardcore multiplayer, this really like just run and gun story or whatever, where you're just stabbing people in the face mm-hmm. and moving on. Like what the hell's happening? What's going on? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Whereas I think resistance is trying now to move to the, no, no, story matters, and this is what's happening, and blah, blah, blah. And I really hope this doesn't blow up in our faces, in that a year from now we're talking about, man, Resistance 3 tricked us good on that story. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope not either, man, because that's definitely the game I'm most excited about. Yeah. So, um, And it was awesome to play it. Felt so good. Uh, so, moving on, number six on the Roper Report. Um, are you excited about id Software's upcoming shooter, Rage? Nope. I am. Then you'll be glad to know that there's a special edition forthcoming for it. The Anarchy Edition will include a bunch of weapons, armor, and a special buggy for in-game use. The best news is that you'll be upgraded to the Anarchy Edition for free if you pre-order the game before it's released in September. Uh, you saw this game this past week. I did. Last I played week. it. Last week. Tell me about it. Why? So um, you played it. Why are you excited for it? What's going on? I think the game is like really cool. Um, number seven is about Rage 2. Uh, okay. Hold on to it then. Or do you want to just you yeah, shit it out I'll, right I'll, now? Just I'll read it out, out. Then you read 2. Because uh, one of the things we saw was Rage's multiplayer. Uh-huh. No, no one knew anything about it before we saw it. Rage's multiplayer offerings have been announced, and they're certainly not what you'd expect. <gasps> Especially from... Id. Id. Yeah. Who created online Doom and Quake basically. and all that jazz. Uh, Rage will support... Yeah, these... By the way, these are the guys that created... You know, we they're on that term deathmatch round. They made the term deathmatch. Uh, Rage will support local and split-screen co-op, allowing two players to explore some mildly altered missions from the single-player quest together. So that's pretty cool. Moreover, Rage won't have any on-foot multiplayer modes. Now, this this blew people's minds because you'd expect with Doom and Quake, 
Wolfenstein and like yeah, this yeah. nature. Well, maybe not Wolfenstein because the Wolfenstein they made was different. But with Quake and Doom, it's you know that the online on foot multiplayer is really important. But Rage doesn't have that. Instead, Rage's online feature set entirely revolves around something called Combat Rally, uh, which is twisted metal like vehicular combat what? game. So I think that that's uh, pretty cool. Some people uh, actually, I would say in the comments for the preview I wrote, most people were taken aback by that and disappointed in that. Yeah. But I think it's really cool. What the guys were telling me when I met m- met the dudes from Rage and interviewed them and, and got to play single-player game and stuff was they're going for this term uniquely Rage. That's what they keep using, uniquely Rage. That's what they want it to be. And they want things that fit. And what they were basically saying was that Rage's single-player campaign, I guess unlike the other games they've made, is so huge that there's really no reason to even have multiplayer because like they, the game is, is gigantic. And what they were saying was, instead of just forcing something that doesn't fit and doing something really contrived like Deathmatch, they were like, I bet people wouldn't expect if we just did vehicular combat based on the certain vehicle missions in the single-player campaign. Yeah. So basically, you like it only supports up to six people on a map, which is really cool. I like the really focused nature of that. And uh, you're basically just using multipliers and killing dudes and having like little objectives. And it's, so it's based on kills and points. And they're still kind of working out like the rough edges of how, how the points and the kills will work together to say who wins the game and stuff like that. Um, but I think it was really cool. And the, the they showed a bit of the co-op, which is cool too. And basically, you unlock the co-op missions as you go through the single-player game, meaning you really can't play co-op until you get through the entire game. Gotcha. Um, and then you'll go back to certain missions that you've unlocked that will have like a different perspective for two people and kind of give you more story and stuff like that, which hmm, is pretty cool. Interesting. So I'm like super, super jazzed about that game. Uh, I have a preview up already on multiplayer, and I have a preview I have a, I have to write still for today. Come on, um, get your shit together. Well, I had uh, Mega Man Legends three was an. You have three hours of work left. You better get nose to the grindstone. I'm not. I'm, I'll be fine. The uh, I already re- recorded a single player preview video, uh-huh. and uh, Mega Man Legends three was announced today. That's why I had to write oh. stuff up for that. Um, what the hell is that? Is that on here? Or are you do skipping? No, out? it's for 3ds. Okay. Um, <laughs> so no, it's not on there. But I have a single-player preview going up today, and it's basically more about how when I played an hour of Rage single-player, I was, I think the people, like the, the minders that were there, like watching us play and making sure we knew what we were doing, we thought yeah. it was a little crazy because I'd like walk up to walls and just look at the textures. And like, I, there's like grass and I just run through it back and forth and like yeah. watch as it moved and stuff. Because a lot of the stuff in a lot of games is static, but this is an id game. It's running it... An amazing frame rate. It looks beautiful. It's like it does bo- look beautiful. I, I'm not interested. Like uh, from what I've, se- I saw an hour demo at Comic Con. Yeah. Or no, at uh, PAX East. Okay. And I was like, eh, like it, like I, it's a beautiful game, 100. percent And that's what hooked me about it. I watched it. And I was like, oh my god, is this gonna be a beautiful Fallout? Like a Fallout that doesn't run like shit and doesn't look like shit. And then it was like he walked up to somebody, and this is when it was just immediate turn off. Walked up to somebody, and t- like t- clicked him or whatever. The guy talked. Then he asked a question. Character doesn't say anything, and then the guy starts responding as if I had responded. I'm like, oh, I have no voice, and I'm just, oh. Yeah, oh. I mean, I don't. I in my video preview, I kind of talk about how people compare the game to Borderlands, and they compare it to Fallout Three, and I yeah. think both of those comparisons are completely fair. Like, but it seems that like the elements of Borderlands, like the shooting elements, are finer, and the role playing and aesthetic atmosphere of Fallout 3 is much better. So it seems like it, it takes the, the elements that we love of th- those games and actually combines them and makes it a better game. Like, I think Rage has the potential to be a really, really, really great game. Like, okay. But I think it's also going to, you know, 
I think it's going to uh, apply most to the people that like the niche of games that like Borderlands, like an action RPG, a shooter RPG. Well, it's pretty much the perfect party game. It is pretty much the perfect party game. Borderlands wasn't for everybody, you know? Like, <laughs> not not even, like, remotely was that game for everybody. Yeah. But I think that if you like Borderlands, you're going to really like Rage. And I think if you like post-apocalyptic stuff, then you're going to like Rage. And I think if you like id games, and you should, then you're going to like Rage, because those guys are, those guys are all about technical fidelity you know what i mean like that that's what's important to them the game runs really well the game was running at 60 frames when we saw it a year ago yeah you know it's yeah, yeah. like it's insane like how so i'm really i'm super excited about it. i'm even more excited about it i'm even more excited about skyrim but is skyrim look good oh, God. Looks, <laughs> that game looks so fun dude okay. it's i didn't put skyrim on there because we, we it doesn't yeah well this is supposed to be breaking news so you're fine yeah but it's um, oh my god dude, dude pray 2 looks awesome like that that when charles and i went to utah to see these games I was like pretty impressed by almost everything we saw. Hunted wasn't very good from what I what I okay. played, but everything else was. And Hunted could turn out to be a great game for all I know. But in the hour I spent with it, I wasn't impressed. But Brink really cool if you're into like online persistent online shooters. Yeah, not for me, but like it was fun. Okay. Um, Prey two we didn't get to play, but we saw an hour demo, and that game looks really really good. Uh, we didn't get to play Skyrim, but again we saw it for an hour and, and had an hour Q and A session with with Todd Howard. Um, are they going to hit that release date? Uh, yeah, they kept saying 11, 11, 11. Mm, um, so that game looks frigging awesome. Like, so, so I'm, I'm super jazzed about Skyrim and Rage, in other words. Okay, good. Yeah. Colin. Yes. Uh, the show's, this is a meaty show. Yeah. We're right. having some good discussions. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself. However, I want to steamroll through these four things. Okay, they're probably they're, not. They're, they're, they're quick ones. Okay. Child of Eden, the upcoming PlayStation Move game from Ubisoft, has that been confirmed as a PlayStation Move game? Uh, I thought it would be, yeah. I'm, I think we all think it will be. I don't know. Oh, okay. Pop- I just assumed because it's Ladies you use your hands. Uh, exactly. <laughs> on, you, it's a Connect game, right? And you use your hands. And I think every time we ask them, they're kind of dodgy about it. Hopefully, hopefully a PlayStation Move game. Okay, Someone's yeah, welcome sorry. to check IGN.com and see if we're wrong. I hey, whatever. Assumption. Uh, has been delayed for the PS3. While well, the Xbox 360 version will launch on Connect on June 14th, PS3 gamers will have to wait until September to get in on the action. Number nine. Are you excited to get your hands on Alice Madness Returns? Not really. I think that game was cool. I haven't watched that much of it. Uh, then you'll... I'm sorry. Then you'll even be happier to know that the game that precedes it, American McGee's Alice, will be available on the PSN for $9.99 when Alice Return launches on June 14th. That's a missed opportunity. Why not put it out a week or two early? Yeah, it didn't I don't s- want to play them both at the same time. I thi- uh, well, I assu- they didn't say a specific date, but you'll see why I assume the games are coming out at the same time. Even better news is that if you purchase Madness Returns, you'll get a voucher for the download for the original for free. So that's why I'm in- like, it's kind of like that space extraction. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, that's silly. I want to play it ahead of them. Uh, number 10, an expansion pack for Two Worlds 2 has been announced. It will be called Pirates of the Flying Fortress and will release this September. There will be new single-player content as well as new multiplayer maps. No firm date. Or pricing has been revealed. Two Worlds 2, uh, of course, is a decisive game. It is a, we decided it's decisively it a game. It's decidedly a game. And number 11, final one of the Roper Report. Wondering when EA is going to get back to making games based on the MLB license? Not anytime soon, apparently. 2K's deal with the MLB expires in 2012, and EA is waiting to see if the two sides renew their license before EA jumps back in. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting because that... <laughs> EA doesn't want to compete, it seems like, in sports games anymore. You know, it's like, the mat, they lock down NFL, so there's not even any competition with them, which which is kind of, kind of sucks. That's bad. That's bad for everybody. Yeah. And well, I, it's not that the games are bad. It's just that competition breeds new ideas. When they were competing with 2K for Madden, they had to step up Madden's game. They had to do this. They yeah, exactly. That. And, and I think everyone thought 2K5, which was the $20 game, was, was better, better than Madden that year. Totally. And I think that's why EA got 
nervous and and bought bought the, yeah. and bought the license. It's just it's just confusing to me because they obviously compete with 2K on NHL games, and they and I think everyone would agree that they make the better NHL game, at least based on like a Metacritic store. And with basketball, yeah, EA, yeah, EA, EA yeah. makes it better. Yeah. And with basketball, it's like they made NBA Elite and they didn't even release it. Gar- Not, just trashed it. Yeah, just said, like, uh, garbage game. It was already done. It was already pressed and everything. Like because people have the game. Yeah. So like that that's like the that most fascinating part about it. it's like Thrill Kill on PlayStation where it's like like this game actually exists and some people actually have it. Um but like they don't it seems like not only do they not want competition, they don't want to compete. It's like you got to compete for like pe- like for, for to see like which game's better. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like I think everyone agrees that the show is probably the best baseball game, but you can only play that on a PlayStation and 2K's sports game, baseball game is probably not nearly as good as the show. Yeah. So there's a, a, a awesome. th- there's a way to get in at least on Xbox even if you cuz even if the ex- the license isn't exclusive and stuff like that. So I I'm a little confused by that. They're trying to make business decisions which is cool, but it's have, a little disappointing. Have yeah. you been following the EA, uh, or I'm sorry, the Madden 12 cover thing? No. Well, it, oh, the, like the voting for yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like fans that? voted to try to figure out who is going to be the uh, person on the cover, and it's now down to some dude from the Browns, I don't know. Do you know his name? Oh, is it the tight end? Um, I would, uh, even if you picked it, I wouldn't be able he to. Was a great, he was great this year. I, I'm trying to think but of didn't he? But yeah, he didn't have an amazing year, though, right? I read Hillary's piece on it, and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I think Some guy the from the Browns who had like 14 touchdowns in one season or whatever. Sure, That's amazing. I know, I know. I'm not saying so. Oh, not amazing, but it's and great. then then Vic, Michael Vic, Michael Vic. Uh, you know, interesting. Yeah. Well, so the, like now, EA's now Hillary's piece was that EA screwed itself by doing this because now it's either do we put somebody nobody knows on the game cover or do we put somebody who people know and most people haven't forgiven even though he served his time kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or do we just scrap the whole idea? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I like the. Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? You're supposed to be Mr. NFL. Um, it just Mr. like came Super to my mind and then left. No, uh, you, I can see him and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I'm glad when I saw that everyone was voting for. What the funniest thing was the Seahawks didn't have anyone like worth voting for, and so the the vote for the Seahawks te- team was like the twelfth man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like the crowd, <laughs> and I was like, that's so bad. That'd be awesome that's if they won. So bad. That'd be awesome if they won. It should obviously. I think Sanchez probably was uh, the one for the Jets, and obviously that should have been the right choice. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, rope report's dead. Mm. Uh, it only took us fifty-three minutes to get the right. <laughs> Colin, yes. If I wanted to buy games, but I did not know where the games were, uh-huh. where could I go to find out what the games are? Uh, you go to the official IGN list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by do, the IGN do, editors. Do, do. Thank you. That's very, that, was, that was good. That was nice. Uh, nothing for PS2. Really? Uh, no, nothing. Can you? Wow. Uh, PSP Final Fantasy IV: The Complete Collection comes out. What'd you give that one? I gave it a nine. Ooh. It's very, very good. Um, and then a slew of games. This is a good. It's a pretty good week. Uh, Portal Two, which you gave yes. it a nine point five. Mortal Kombat. Clements gave it eight point oh. Socom Four. Seven oh. Seven oh. Prince of Persia HD Collection. All those games are available on PSN already, but now they're bundled on a disc. Anthony's playing them right now, I think. Uh, Michael Jackson: The Experience. Uh, Unless he's playing that right now, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't like it. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I well, don't wouldn't. hold your breath in that one. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. And then Rio, which is a. Uh, her name is Rio, and she dances on the sand. Oh yeah, yeah. little Duran Duran. Why not? Uh, I think this is based on the children, it is. Yeah. children's movie. So, so oh, platinum. We are, yeah, exactly. Colin and I are frothing <laughs> at the mouth to see about this game. That was the best when Nicole previewed it. We're like, how the trophies? Uh, or maybe it was Rango. How the trophies? Yeah, Rango. Well, I got a platinum in Rango. I know. Um. And that's it. All right. Over on the PlayStation blog, yeah. you want some digital content, they got it. Uh, for the PSN, PS3 stuff, they got the Arcana Heart 3, Fancy Pants Adventures, Newtopia, Puzzle Agent, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. 
Uh, if you want a PSP download, you can get Final Fantasy, number four, uh, the complete collection. Uh, Puzzle Guzzle, just a great name. Uh, you got some minis, too. Farm Frenzy, Mad Blocker Alpha, Snake Warriors Training. training. That's the that, best name that's ever. That's not a bad name. Uh, we had an interesting guy write in. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, you have to write into beyond.ign.com. Mm. You get it right here, uh, right on the air, because you're a friend. You're a friend of the show. Mm. friend of the show, Jesse Sessler, wrote in. A few days ago, I was looking through the list of minis, and to my dismay, I actually found a few good ones. I noticed that the hit iPhone game, Xenonia, an awesome old-school-style action RPG, was an overpriced mini. So I picked it up. I really feel the minis have been overshadowed by the plethora of bad ones. I'm sorry, the good... He did left that out. But the good minis have been overshadowed by the bad ones. What do you think Sony can do to reinvigorate minis and get more people on board with them, Colin? Uh, you got to lower the price. Totally. That's that's all there is to it. Lower the price, promote them, don't put up shit. Like, I mean, don't put up bad... I mean, they should be able to reject stuff, right? Like, they're, they're treating it... I, I have no idea what goes on behind the scenes on how hard it is to be a developer. I know it's expensive to get the dev kit and get the license to make games for Sony. But, like... You gotta break down that wall, right? That's why. That's why iPhone works. That's why the App Store works. Anybody can do it. It's a hundred buck investment to get the the tools or whatever to get the program you need to do it, right? Then you get in there and it's open up for anybody to make games, so that people make awesome games like Angry Birds, like Cut the Rope, uh, you know. And then you also get the you know a hundred fart simulators or whatever. What up, Rover? And uh, <laughs> and then the cream can rise to the top. Whereas right now, there's so many hoops to jump through that you're just putting out mediocre minis that, yes, good games do get lost in there. Yeah, I think I think it, the solution is kind of somewhere in the middle because with the App Store, I think there's like way too much, like way too many games. Like way, way too many games. Like there needs to be people at Apple that are pl- like literally playing these games and doing some like a pretty rigorous testing to make sure these games should even be yeah. released. I understand everyone wants money and stuff, but I, my theory is that you can make even more money if you cut like two-thirds of the App Store out. Because then people will be able to actually find what they're yeah, looking right. for. Yeah, right. It is hard to tell to find stuff on the App Store. And, uh, like, just, you know, it's a cautionary tale from history. And it's, like, it's really not dramatic to say, like, our industry collapsed in 1983 because there was way too many shitty games. Yeah. And and Nintendo is the one with the NES that had a very rigorous standard of saying, like, you can only have these games if they're, if they're good. And obviously, there were bad games on NES. Yeah, but, yeah. but the general thing was, like, these games must be playable. And, like, <laughs> they must be interesting and, like, this and that and the other thing. And I don't think that. So I think that the solution is somewhere in the middle. Sony has to get pricing down. They need to. They need to go after app store type games quickly. Yeah. Exactly. The fact, the Not, fact that we got uh, pl- the Plants vs Zombies so late, or the fact that you know, even with Castle Crashers, which obviously is an app store game, but like, how how the hell did they let Behemoth take so long in that port? I would have been like knocking their door down and been throwing the money if it, if it meant that we get that game sooner or whatever. Yeah. There needs to be more hands on approach to it. And there are great games, and it's funny, the, the best mini, in my opinion, I haven't played many of them, but the best mini I've played is one of the cheapest, and that's Space Shooter for two bucks. Yeah, that's you really know? good. Age of Zombies is awesome, too, though. Yeah, Age of Zombies is cool, and there's a few other ones. It's like, and these t- tend to be cheaper games. Monsters probably stole my princess. Yeah, Monsters probably, yeah. And it's like, there's, so when you have a $6 mini, and it's like, a, 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 it's bullshit, like, that, that just yeah, turns yeah. people off from the whole experience. Uh, Jesse Sessler and Beyond Nation, here's what I'll tell you. Usually, if somebody's proud of a game, they'll get it in front of you and try to do it. Mad Blocker Alpha, that those devs have been contacting me for a long time about their game, trying to get us and play it. We have codes now that it's been given to us. Now that it's out on the PSN store in America, I have not had the chance to play it, so I can't speak to <laughs> And the you fact. won't have a chance to download it anytime soon. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> Anyways, I haven't played it, but the fact that they're so proud of the game that they're, they've been contacting me and reaching out. And remember, you're welcome to do that beyond at IGN.com or gmail or IGN.com for the developers listening who want to, play, want to get their games out and make sure that they get talked about and played about. Uh, can't speak to if... I'm going to start calling it NBA is good, but Mad <laughs> Blocker Alpha might be good. If people are proud of it, uh, let's finish this up. Okay. PlayStation Plus got a dose of content. Hamster Ball, 
is now uh, it's got an exclusive discount. Mad Blocker Alpha, a mini that I just talked about, has an exclusive discount. Another good sign. Usually the good minis, space shooter for two bucks, yeah. they get stuff. And then Red Johnson's Chronicles Episode One. Who exclusive. the hell is Red Johnson? I don't know, but I'm, he has some chronicles. He does. He has some chronicles for me. I, yeah, I might. Should. I downloaded that. I, I'll give you. You. I'll, I'll. I'll give you a tweet when I when I'm done All with right, it. Yeah, tell yeah. you what I think of it. Yeah. Uh, and then PS1 Classics got added. Dino Crisis Two for six bucks. Threads of Fate for six bucks. Nice. Threads of Fate's an, an old square. RPG. Don't 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 talk to me like that. Uh, pick of the week. <clears throat> uh, it's got to be. It's got to be Portal Two Nine Five. I know you're, it's not your game, but you can admit that it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I think Final Fantasy IV deserves a nod. But oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, good call. Sorry, but no, Portal. Yeah, I mean, Portal's new. It's a yeah. new game. Yeah. Um, uh, let's yeah. talk a little Mortal Kombat. Okay. Clements isn't here. Yeah. Gave an eight point mm-hmm. Read his uh, review. Yes, I did. Too. Proofed it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you don't care about Mortal Kombat. No, I don't. I don't care about Mortal Kombat. Why don't you care about Mortal Kombat? So, um, it's it's pretty simple, really. Okay. We've talked about this is a good analogy. We've talked. Um, I actually talked to, to this about Damon. Actually, Damon and I are doing an old school podcast. Look forward so here on IGN. Should go up maybe tomorrow. And we've talked about this a bit. Yeah, and it's it's a GameScoop presents, right? Yes. So make sure you're subscribed to GameScoop on iTunes. And it'll get pushed right to you. And what I what I realized was the analogy that we use for Super Mario World and Sonic, which we've used several times, is really you can use it with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter Two. And oh, now you're pulling Street Fighter into it. What, well, here's the thing: is that when Mortal Kombat came out. It wasn't a technically fine arcade fighter. It of course wasn't, not. Yeah. It wasn't at all. It was stiff, and games like Street Fighter Two put it to shame, as far in a gameplay sense. Everyone really cared about Mortal Kombat because it was violent. Yeah, you, you know? could rip people's faces it, off. It had a gimmick, but the gameplay never got any better. From one to two to three, they just added new characters and stuff. The game still felt really stiff. Every iteration of Street Fighter Two, Turbo, and all those that came out were better games. And I wonder if. Mortal Kombat's lost its luster because, like, we're kind of desensitized over violence or whatever. And we really have, again, a Street Fighter game just came out, and it's really good, and people really like it. And it's, I'm sure, more, you know, I'm sure it's a more fluid experience to people that really like fighting games. And I wonder, you know, well, I haven't played now, the new Mortal Kombat Exactly, game. that's what I was saying. Clements put in his review, because he's a huge fighting fan. I've played it myself, but I can't really speak to that, is that this one is... They've really gone back and they keep the aesthetics and the blood and all that stuff, but they've gone back and made it a competent fighter. They've gone back and it's not just you know a very stiff game as far as how it works. They wanted to make it a, a real fighter, so I think that's something to point out, worth pointing out. Oh, I, I can't speak so that if it's better than Street Fighter because yeah, I guess like I mean realistically I can't either because I, I haven't played the New Mortal Kombat game, but I guess that's the point is that like I'm turned off to that series because like I remember Mortal Kombat really well. We were both you know some people were around then, some people that will listen to us weren't. You have to remember that Mortal Kombat came around in the time of the ESRB ramp-up and uh-huh. all that stuff and violence in video games was like a very like kind of F you thing we're going to do it and it's like the government's like are you going to do it and like <laughs> you know it's like are you really Ed and Boone? it's like the, so Mortal Kombat kind of you know along with like uh, what was that Night Trap or whatever that game was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like really signified an era of, of you know these violent games that are kind of how far like can a, we push it what can we yeah, do yeah and like yeah. an F you to your parents and stuff like that but like Mortal Kombat hasn't the idea of Mortal Kombat hasn't aged well it's kind of like another thing we talked about it's like Duke Nukem coming out now, like Duke Nukem doesn't probably work anymore because Duke Nukem came out in a time like when it's the same thing with Leisure Shoot Larry, which we talked about too on that podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's like those games worked in their date in their place in time and on their systems. Like we don't need those games anymore. They it, they they haven't evolved with gaming. They're just coming back now. It's you know? gonna be really interesting to see what the sales are on Mortal Kombat. I think it's gonna does. be really good. I do too, and it's because and it's one of those things where that review has been enormously popular on IGN. More popular than the Portal 2 review, you know what I mean? And on top of that, but here and here's what takes, here's what I think is interesting about Mortal Kombat, is I fall into the category of most people where I just want to see the fatalities. I just want to see the crazy moves. I brought it home and played it and I was like, 
I suck at fighting games, and I suck at fighting games because I just don't want to memorize moves. I don't want like I used to do that with WWE, WWF Attitude on PS One, right? Where I had to remember super long, complicated chains to do a stunner, and it's like that is so not fun to me or relaxing right. or how I want to play games. So I played a little bit of story and I played a little bit of this and I did and then I was like, I'm done with this. Like I'll I'll go watch the videos. And if you look at the video traffic in IGN, every one of those Mortal Kombat colon, you know, Kratos fatalities or you know Kano fatalities are huge they're huge hits everybody's watching those videos and it makes me wonder how many people are just interested to see the deaths and don't care about yeah them. I wonder if that's what it is too because that's kind of, that was kind of the allure of playing Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcade was you know standing around and watching yeah, the one ex- guy who knew everything exactly totally. like the dude that knew you know reptiles moves or whatever and like how to you know make him rip someone's spine out or whatever the, yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. hell it was it's, <laughs> it's like oh, whatever the hell he did that I don't know good. it's just to me like Mortal Kombat is dated, and I, I don't know that I'd really be interested in playing it. Even if it's, for all I know, Mortal Kombat can be a, an awesome game, and Clements gave it a great score. Yeah. Uh, and I trust him. Yeah. No, but, he knows fighting games. That's yeah, the whole do- thing, right? He does. But it's just like, as in terms of like what I, what I'm playing, I just, I'm not going to make time for that game. You know, I don't I don't care about Mortal Kombat. So. All right. Let's yeah. get some reader mail. Remember, okay. beyond at IGN.com if you'd like to be part of the show, because you're our friend, just like our friend Carlos. Carlos writes in and says, Ryan... I swear we don't need Ryan for this question. Ryan, in your video review of Mortal Kombat, you said the boss battles were cheap. I agree with you, by the way. 2-1-1, really Mortal Kombat? And you said, quote, ask any of the IGN editors how mad I got, end quote. So, Colin and Greg, how mad did Ryan get? I have no idea. I have my headphones on. Are you? Really? (laughs) It it was bad. I sit right next to him. Carlos, it was, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's the most mad I've ever seen Clements at a game, but there were a lot of, what the fuck? How is this supposed to be fun? Fuck this. Oh, like, you know what? Maybe I was in Utah when this was no, going on. Well, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. I don't he, really he played for a while, and he screamed every so often yeah. that he did not like them boss battles yeah. one bit. Interesting. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Colin, mm. Jackson Lee writes in, says, so over the last years, I've heard you mention Mega Man 8 twice, mm. and both times you simply said it sucks. I was a proud owner of a Sega Saturn since long. What? I was a proud owner of Sega Saturn since little, period. Check that one, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite from the games I had, and the nostalgia disables me from seeing any of its flaws. Besides that, I could never get past the lasers in Wily stage, so I never finished the game. Mm. So, can you please explain to me why Mega Man Eight is so bad? Well, Mega Man Eight was available on PlayStation as well, and it's not surprising that would be one of the better. It, it, I'm sure it is one of the better Saturn games. There really weren't many Saturn games. Um, hey, wait a second. Independence Day Four was awesome. <laughs> Independence Day, ID4. I, I screw some stuff up there. There was a, there was a, quite a few good Saturn games. I mean, there wasn't a robust catalog of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Mega Man Eight is a weird Mega Man game. It feels weird. It looks weird. It, the stages are weird. The bosses are weird. It's just nothing. I I think that's pretty much the consensus among, amongst big Mega Man fans that like Seven on Super Nintendo is not a very good game, but Eight's even worse because. It just doesn't feel like a Mega Man game. It doesn't have that precise control. The stages are really busy. The and the difficulty is really inconsistent. I think in that game, the voice acting, which we laugh about all the time in the yeah, office, yeah. is awful. And the one cool thing about it was the the FMV sequences and stuff were cool. Um, and they introduced some new cool characters and stuff. But Eight is like not a memorable game. I wish they would remake Eight in the Eight-bit aesthetic, but that's never gonna happen. Matt writes in, says, can Nintendo reclaim a piece of the hardcore gaming market, or will Project Cafe just be another Mario recycling gimmick machine that caters to casual gamers and nostalgic fanboys? Um, I think they already have a piece of the hardcore market, but not a very big one. Exactly. And I don't know. I don't know. I guarantee it could. I think it could. The question is, can it? And of course it can. Anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm gun-shy 
to talk too much about it because how much of it's rumors, how much of it is real. I'm excited by what they said, but I feel burned by the Wii in a way, right? Oh, because me too. I bought, out of all the next gen, current, you know, the current gen systems now, the only one I bought at launch and waited in line for was a Wii, and it was because I thought it was pro- appropriately priced. It didn't need an HD TV, which I didn't have at the time, and it was talking about you can buy all these old Nintendo games, and I was like, I didn't have a Nintendo, this is perfect. And it took so long to get good games on the on the Wii store. Like you know what I mean? Like they didn't even launch with Super Mario Brothers. They launched with Mario Brothers, that damn arcade one. Yeah, I like that game, but yeah, it's 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 um, the Wii was a bunch of broken or missed promises, basically. Like the way they made it sound like it was going to be, and like the experience it was going to be was not what it ended up being at all. Yeah, and. I, I, I'm the same way. I love Nintendo. I grew up on Nintendo. Like I, I was a Nintendo kid as a young kid, and then with the PlayStation era, I had an N64, and with the PlayStation 2 era, I had a GameCube, um, and I liked them. You know, yeah. And with the Wii, I got a Wii as soon as I could find one. Yeah, and, so three uh, years later. Yeah, it took, it took over a year to be, like literally like to find one, because I wasn't going to pay someone like $200 extra. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Um, and I found one in the store and whatever, and I bought it, and I, I enjoyed some of the early games I played, like Zack and Wiki, and... And a few other games, whatever, Metroid 3, Metroid Prime 3 and stuff. But the, the good games were few and far between. Nintendo's system was really backwards in terms of its online functionality. Of it's course. an SD system, which doesn't really work anymore. And I just wonder if people have become jaded because everyone's like, they have the casual market. Look how well the Wii sold. Yeah. Is someone really going to, someone who bought the Wii for Wii Fit or whatever, or Wii Sports, are they really going to be like, oh man, I remember how great, how much fun I had with Wii Sports that weekend yeah. before I put the Wii back in a box and put it in my closet. I'm going to go buy another one. So See, and that's the whole thing. That's why I think they are coming for it. That's why I think when you hear these rumors of being on par with the PS3 power and yada yada, I totally think they understand that. Because you look at the attach rate, right, on software and sell-through, Wii sold like crazy. The, they couldn't move software. You know what I mean? The, the software that moved was the software designed for us, right? A Super Mario or whatever. Yeah, Zelda. and like, and random, like, and random shitty like third party games like Just Dance and and Carnival games. So like there was no in between. It was like really yeah. really casual or the really hardcore stuff. But yeah. like what I'm concerned about with Nintendo is like how tired their licenses are and stuff. Like I'm I'm really I used to be like really excited when a new Mario game came out or a new Zelda game came out. I just don't care anymore. You know, like Skyward Sword. I don't care. Like, yeah, I just don't Skyward Sword. I mean, we've only seen so little of it. It didn't work. It was no, like, it didn't work at all. And and the, and the, you know. I really didn't like Twilight Princess either. I thought that game was really bad. Agreed. I think and Ocarina of Time, one of my favorite games of all time. Same with Majora's Mask. And it was like, by the time I got to the new Wii one, it was like, really? This is the same story except I'm a wolf now? Yeah, it's like... Fuck this. It's, it's just strange because like everyone hated on Wind Waker because of its Wind Waker was stuff. another amazing game. Yeah, Wind Waker was awesome. And like, and geez, like Twilight Princess was so bad it made Wind Waker look like Really, one of the great. I games didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was just another. It was the exact same Dude, freaking thing. It, yeah, it was very contrived and like exactly. it, it was just very slow and tired. And that's that's the word I use with Nintendo. I was just tired. Yeah, I need something new. The new, the last new worthwhile series they've made is Pikmin. Pikmin came out <laughs> ten years ago. You know, Pikmin was cool though. It was. Yeah. But like, where, like, you gotta like, all right. I'm, I'm a fan of sequels. Obviously, I love Mega Man games. I'm excited about Infamous Two. I'm excited about Resistance Three. Yeah. But that's not all they do. You know, like, we need new ideas. You know, like, I, I made a joke on GameScoop last week. I was saying, like, I used to be the guy, the Nintendo nerd that would be like, where's Balloon Fight on the Wii or something like that? It's like, that's like a bad mentality to have. Like, what you should really be asking is not where these old, tired, dead licenses are, like Ice Climber, but where, like, the new stuff is and where the new ideas are. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that I did predict, and a lot of people told me I was dead wrong, that I did predict Nintendo would have a super powerful system coming out. Uh, as Because everyone's like, they'll make something casual and stupid and... 
and no one will care about how powerful it is. And I'm like, no, nah, they're going to make something really powerful. So I, I do feel good about that. because I'm like, excited. Oh. I want to see what happens, but I don't want to get on board with anything until I've seen it and heard a real concrete plan for how it works. It's going to be, uh, I don't know. Yeah, E3, I imagine. Yeah. They'll be the first at the gate. All right. Two final questions, Colin. Uh, okay. Uh, I just watched the interview that Greg conducted with the studio director for Ratchet and Clank All for One and was struck by how blunt and straightforward Greg with, was with his criticism of the game. That got me wondering, when directly pointing out what you view to be a game's flaws in reviews or interviews, how do the developers tend to take it? As constructive feedback? As an attack on their beloved electronic baby? Um... Brent. Brent wrote this one. Sorry. Okay. Hey, Brent. Uh, thank you for watching that video. Yeah, if anybody noticed that, I mean, here at IGN... Uh, I mean, months ago now, right? We kind of moved away from doing straight previews of I did this, I did that, this happened, blah blah blah. Because it's we, boring. We think that's gonna kill the industry, kill sites and publications, right? Just being boring and doing stuff like that. And you, so we want everything's an editorial. I went to LA last week, saw a bunch of games. That's why I wasn't on any shows. And one of the games I saw was Ratchet and Clank All for One, and I had seen it before, and I've never been impressed with it. I always think it's not going in a direction that really looks makes sense for a Ratchet game. Watched it. Same same impression. So at the end of it, like I knew that I was going to write the next day. I knew the next day I was going to post an article that basically said Ratchet and Clank All for One isn't coming together or isn't my cup of tea or blah, 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 blah. And so I had a video interview scheduled with them. Studio director came over with Sony. I said, hey, guys, what's up? And I explained you know, the new preview structure and said, uh, I'm going to write tomorrow that I don't like your game. And I'm, and I'm not doing it to be a dick just because I have to be honest with people who read IGN.com. So I want to talk to you about that like a podcast right here because it doesn't make sense for me to do a video interview with you where I say, all right, tell me about Ration Clank. Oh, man, that's great. You can see if, you know, yeah. like, it. Because then that's going to be embedded in an article where I'm shitting on it. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And, I, and they were like, okay, cool. Thanks for presenting it. And like, we set up the camera and we were talking beforehand about what I was going to say and like where my things were. And he was bouncing back with, well, this is why we did that. I'm like, great. No, this is perfect. Save this. And so we had a really good discussion, I thought, that was, for me, refreshing to have on there. Most developers that you talk to about what you don't like about their game are in that boat of, I, like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, okay, thank you. This is why we did that. Blah, blah. They want to explain it. As long as you're not being an internet troll on the thing of, man, fuck your game. This is so stupid. You're a jackass. You know, they're fine. They understand it and they get it. Same with reviews. It's very, as, as many games as I've given bad scores to and stuff like that, now, marketing and PR might reach out to, you know, Pear or our marketing PR people and I don't ever hear about that. So there you go. But as far as direct interaction... I can count it like number like my you know digits like my one hand as far as times I've had a developer say hey we don't think you gave this a fair shake or whatever and usually it's not that they're upset about the score it's usually that they're upset about something I said in the review like a specific line where I was like oh and this this didn't work and I don't understand why they did that they just want to say no it did work you didn't get it this is why we saw it working right. and like stuff like that it's it's rare that it's like really a six five this is at least a seven like they, you know. Developers know what they're doing. They yeah. know what games they're producing. Yeah, in my brief experience too, I've I've had pretty positive interactions with uh with developers about the reviews and, yeah. and talking very candidly about their games. And I think that's some of the most fascinating stuff that I've actually done in, in the industry is having these really candid conversations about products that people have worked on. Yeah. And like what went right, what went wrong and stuff. They know, totally. they're not stupid. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right, final question. To my brothers and sisters beyond. What does it feel like to post an article on IGN? This might seem to be a ridiculous question, but I'm honestly curious. Do you ever briefly hesitate moments before publishing something to millions of people around the world to think about what people are going to th to think about what people are going to think and say about what you've written? What goes through your mind during that pause, if anything? Do you feel excited, nervous, anxious? An anonymous mofo is how I wanted to sign mm. it. Um, yeah, I mean, before I before I hit publish to live, I. Uh... I always think, I always, I'm like, you know, here it goes. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, I make sure I'm I'm a pretty I I pretty uh, I put my stuff through a lot of scrutiny, like personal scrutiny, other yeah. than what just make sure that everything's worded right and. You know, the internet's a pretty unforgiving place, so you don't want to make any mistakes and, and errors and stuff like that. So uh, I always think about that when I publish something. Like, well, you know, there it goes. Yeah. So often into the tubes of the internet now. What I I hesitate every time. Every time I click it from because the way our you know it works is that once you click final, even if you don't click publish, it's going to start showing up in the blog roll. So usually what happens is right before I click final, I do another preview. I click open a preview of it, scan through it, and then publish it, and then. I usually refresh the comments for the next 15, 20 minutes because that's when somebody will pop up and be like, this link isn't working. You misspelled this, you idiot. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like the little things like that. Yeah, it, it's I in the beginning that. of the thread when people are most constructive in their comments of, hey, good review. This is wrong. I don't agree with it. And I can answer them because I'd love it to be easier to do that, to have a conversation with you. But once you get to page two and three of comments, then it becomes, there's some kid who showed up to say Xbox is better. And then it's an <laughs> argument about that. And then somebody's brought up the fact that, you know, I didn't like Naughty Bear. It's like, it just spirals out of control. But those first 20 minutes are like when yeah, people are actually commenting and talking and there's not spam yet. And that's funny you say that because, yeah, I do something similar, I guess, without even thinking about it. I just refresh and read the early comments. Because I want to make sure I'm putting up the best thing, but I am an idiot. I am a, I am a human uh, who screws a lot of stuff up, so I want to make well, sure you're that... you're human, and that's what people do. Yeah. All right. Uh, this has been Podcast Beyond Episode 184, and it's been a doozy. Yeah, we we, had, a, we had a nice, meaty episode. We got some Charles in here. Mm-hmm. Some He Only Does Everything, Colin Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to follow us and talk to us and do all sorts of stuff, remember beyond at IGN.com for all your email inquiries, questions about the show, the what have you. You can follow us on Twitter at IGN. You can follow me on Twitter at Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation, even though Ryan isn't here. He's Pwam Cider. Charles on yet. It's C on yet. C on yet. C O N Y E T T T. Go ahead and tweet at him. Tell him that he should be Mr. Slime. Because there's a there's a Mrs. Miss, Miss Lime. There's a Miss Lime that stole Mrs. Slime. We've been yelling at her, but she hasn't tweeted in like three years. Um, we miss anything else? Housekeeping? Uh, rate us on iTunes. We haven't said that in forever. Yeah, yeah. Rate if you haven't rated us on iTunes, please, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, you know, and then keep on listening. Keep on trucking. Keep on playing your games there. Mm. Uh, I'm Game Over Greggy on PSN. Colin is uh, Moriarty Dash IGN. Whatever I can get back on PSN, maybe you'll see. Yeah, exactly. Other. One day we'll be able to do that. Uh, as always on Podcast Beyond, we end on a song. If you want your song to be played at the end of Podcast Beyond, please send it to beyond at IGN.com. Today, though, I didn't pick a user song. I picked my favorite uh, Damon Hatfield song off of his new record, Color Beam. This is Tokyo Game Show. Beyond. Yep.